rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo. All right, everybody. What's up? My name is Tara Devlin. That's a, not a bad name. I like my name. My daddy and mommy named me that. That's a very Irish name, Tara Devlin. Unfortunately, I was born here in the United States, not in Ireland. Um, yeah, I'm, t- I'm recording the show a day early, for those of you who are wondering what the hell is happening. Uh, I'm going to my cousin's daughter's graduation party. I don't know. What does that make her? Is that my second cousin? I don't know how you do it. So I have to record the show a day early, in case you're wondering. So it is Friday. A couple of announcements before we get going. I want to please encourage everyone to become a patron of, of this show. We need help. The liberal media, this is it. You're looking at it. I do a lot of railing against corporate media, and which will, I'll do some more of that today because I'm a little pissed off. I felt I feel I'm just look I'm just checking all the streams uh, making sure everything is going. That's why I encourage you to be a patron because if you are a patron you're supporting this show, you're also supporting RDT Daily and the writers who try to make this world a better place because believe it or not, when you're watching I'll get, I'll put you in on a little secret that I learned not too long ago that some of the liberal shows that you the so-called liberal shows in the liberal media aren't really liberal. Okay? They may pretend to be liberal. I don't know why they're not doing what the hell they want to do. And just be a conservative. You'll make more money. But a lot of the, the, the it's, a, it's a racket for them. So, the, of course, the corporate media is a whole other case in point. They, they, this is why we can't have nice things. We live in a, it's not really a democracy. We have, our democracy has always been aspirational. It's, ne- it's never been actualized because of um, the corporate control of the media, partly. We are living in a divided country because we have a certain people are, they're going to, for, to different places for information. And they, of course, with Trump in office and the Republicans, who has completely devalued the currency of truth. And that is what you need. You need truth to have a functioning democracy. We all have to agree on what is the truth. And one of the telltale signs of a declining civilization or declining free civilization is that there is no truth. And here we are. We are, we're trapped in it. It is a trap because we have been voting for change for so many years. People know that this thing is screwed up. The representatives in this so-called representative democracy, they're deliberately keeping us divided, fighting amongst ourselves. So we won't figure out where, uh, where, where our anger truly belongs. Like, for instance, this week we had another faux outrage with Kevin McCarthy and all of the Republicans. They're always up AOC's ass, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who happens to be my representative. I live in her district, and I'm happy she's my representative. Isn't that great? Let's just dive into it. I was going to do all the spiel where you can find me. Please follow me on Twitter, YouTube. Please become a patron. Do all that. 
I'll do more of that when we come back from the break. Uh, I want to thank all the patrons who are actually being um, supportive of the show now that keeps us going. Otherwise, I'm not going to be here. Nobody's going to be here. You're going to have Chuck Todd, and that's it. And Chuck Todd is the poster child for the end of the grand experiment in liberal democracy. He is the end of, he, he is the personification of it. Him and his ilk, they love to sidle up to power, don't they? To kiss ass on those who are making, uh, who are basically playing our lives as pawns. And the other thing I wanted to talk about today was what Twitler did with this Iran attack that he pulled back or whatever. Oh, thank you, my lord. Uh, thank you for saving uh, this, uh, us, uh, we the peons from a, another endless war of choice in the Middle East based on lies. Thank you. Thank you, Twitler. And, and that was a complete show that he put on. That was another, we're, we're in Trump's world, you understand? And it's because we have representatives they are not doing their jobs. The opposition party isn't holding this fascist bastard to account. How are we allowing this unqualified, unfit, tax-dodging, draft-dodging, Putin puppet traitor who can't spell, who wouldn't, who wouldn't know where Iran was on a map, to lead us into one crisis after another, also, we don't have to see his tax returns, and we don't find out just what a treasonous, a, I don't even know, treasonous traitor he is. It's all about keeping the scam going. He'll send any, anybody's sons and daughters to their death uh, uh, needlessly as long as it could cover his con man ass. This guy is a con man, period, end of sentence. I live in New York. We know him here. He's a buffoon, and he has been since he crawled out of Studio 54. Well, crawled out of his, his, uh, his immigrant mother, and uh, since the time he was siphoning money out of his daddy's trust fund using fake inflated invoices so he wouldn't have to pay taxes. Do you understand when you don't pay taxes? You see, we're tax-paying people. I pay my taxes. I've, I paid my taxes my entire life. Even when I was out there using drugs, I was a, everybody knows I'm in recovery here. Even my, one thing my father taught me, even though he was a Reagan Democrat, he, he taught me a lot of things. But one of the things, you pay your taxes. Paying your taxes is your patriotic duty. Taxes are the price we pay for a civilization. So we have things like breathable air, drinkable water, roads that we can ride on, an infrastructure. That's what we should be getting for our tax dollars, not just whatever Twitler he wants to bomb some wedding party in Afghanistan or whatever. Now Iran, because he is setting this up. They, the Republicans have been pulling us into a war of choice forever. Now, I mean, they've done it to they did it to us in Iran, in Iraq, and now they're doing uh, to this to us with Iran. The the world got together and for years negotiated this Iran deal diplomatically to prevent Iran from having a nuclear weapon. So nobody, nobody's sons and daughters had to die in another foreign land. None, no Trumps, though. Don't worry about that. 
all of his entire lineage, not one, have worn the uniform of their country. And even when they were fleeing, when they were in Germany, uh, Trump's grandpappy was fleeing, having to fight in a war because they're cowards. Not one single Trump, none, none of them, all going through throughout their lineage, have ever worn this country's uniform, or they haven't sacrificed a goddamn day of their life for anybody but themselves. There is no sacrifice. That, that's for suckers. Sacrifice is for suckers. Uniforms, they like the salutes. They like to have a parade. Let me just play this Truck Todd interview, because, and there's so many things, because we're going to go into the AOC thing with Chuck Todd. He is the personification of why the media needs to be re-regulated, period. Oh, here is Chucky Boy. God damn it, where the heck is it? Do, do, do. Enemies of freedom. Beat up, up, beat up. Uh, where the heck is it? Maybe I don't have it. La, da, da. Here it is. Okay, let's just watch this clip from Chuck Todd's exclusive with Twitler that's going to be on Meet the Press or something. Press the Meet. Did you green light something or had you said, uh, if we do it, I'll do this? What was, yeah. it, what was the order you gave? Nothing is green lighted until the very end because things okay. change, right? So and you never gave a final no, order? No, 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 no. But we had something ready to go subject to my approval. And they came in and they uh, came in about a half an hour before. They said, sir, we're about ready to go. I said, uh, I want a better Planes definition. Planes in the air? Were planes no, no, in the we're air? about ready to go. Yeah. Uh, no, but they would have been pretty soon. Uh, and things would have happened to a point where you wouldn't turn back or couldn't turn back. So uh, they came and they said, sir, we're ready to go. We'd like a decision. Planes I said, I want to know something before you go. How many people will be killed in this case? First of all, I just want to say he's, he, he wanted to get it there get before it was too late to pull them back. Where, who, where the hell are they going? Are these kamikaze pilots or something? Are they, what are, how are they, how is it too late to pull them back? We can't, sir. It's, uh, this is 2019. And the thing that really irritated me about this interview, on top of everything else, on top of the fact that I am sharing the same air as Twitler and Chuck Todd, is that he has to keep put in there how many times this mythological person, we don't know who it was, called him sir. This tax-dodging, draft-dodging, bone-spur moron who received fewer votes. Oh, yes, sir. Let me, let me find out how many people are going to die. Bullshit. That, I call bullshit on that because they would have known already before any action took place what the civilian casualty, or any casualty, not just civilian, what the casualty count would be. It is an estimate. This is part of planning the mission, you freaking liar. So how many times somebody has to call him sir? That's really the message, what we are now being pulled through another episode in Trump's reality show. Trump's world, we live in it. I said, how many people are going to be killed? Uh, sir, I'd like to get back to you on that. Great people, these generals. Great people, great they people. Said, they call me sir. They're such. They're so great. They, they, they can do at least one push-up, unlike me. Came back, said sir. I mean him, Twitter. Approximately I can do one 150. And I thought about it for a second. I said, you know what? They shot down an unmanned uh, drone, mm -hmm. plane, whatever you want to call it, 
And Whatever here we are nowadays. sitting with 150 dead people that would have taken place probably within a half an hour after I said go ahead. Yeah. And I didn't like it. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was proportionate. Right, because you're such a humanitarian. This was a show. They have an insider that is reporting that Trump is very pleased with his performance. And we know it's nothing but a reality TV show to him. As we saw last week when uh, one of his minions was coughing in his presence during an interview he had with, with what's his name, Stephanopoulos. Let's redo, let's do that again. Because this, it's a show. But the, he thinks he, it's, it's a constant um, a reality TV show. It's nobody's lives. It's his world. We just live in it. Just think about that. Think about the fact that this is a guy, not only did he receive fewer votes, he sucks. He can't spell. He's a con man. He's a traitor. They all know it. The Democrats know it. Nancy Pelosi knows it. And it doesn't matter uh, that um, all of these things that he's doing to dismantle the, uh, the pillars of democracy from attacking the press, that alone should be the, should, should be the end of the story. If we have, if we have any respect for the, those who died for this thing, for this grand experiment in liberal democracy, the people who died to keep the union together, the 500,000 young people that were sent to their cold, early graves because the South didn't want to let go of their human property and wanted to secede. Honestly, I wish they had, in a way, right? Because at this point, we, we would have universal health care, universal higher education. We wouldn't have these albatrosses around their necks, like in Tennessee, dragging us down with, you know, their representatives are representing parts of the country that have, a, that have the same population as a small town on Staten Island. And they're the ones that are preventing us from having what it be, just pick anything. Anything that makes life worth living, a little bit more manageable, a little bit more free, allowing us to be free. So we take our tax money and we put it together and we say, hey, here, this is what we're going to do as a country, as a community. We're going not just to protect democracy, we're going to protect each other. We're going to promote the general welfare over the welfare of the 1%, the elite, the inter intergenerational aristocracy, the, the likes of which, of which the founders fought a revolution to escape. We're going to use our tax dollars, and if somebody gets sick, they're going to be able to go to the doctor, and they're going to be able to take time off and heal without fearing going bankrupt or losing their home, they can, they, without the stress of bills coming in. That happens all over the world, except here, in the land of the freedom, in the United States of, and I mean D-U-M-B, the United States of serfs and lords. That's what this is. Because you know there's so many morons in this country. Even I was looking at somebody's Twitter feed. I don't know, whatever. I, sometimes I just scan Twitter, obviously. And the, somebody wrote about Trump. People were bashing him. That, yeah, he's a con, that's the con man that he is. And um, someone, an, a dupe, piped up saying, oh, a real, uh, somebody called him a loser or something. And then this guy pipes in, 
uh, real loser who uh, who's a billionaire or something like that. The, the fact is, Trump is not a billionaire. If he were, we would have known it by now. We we would see it. Oh, I know that he promises us that his financial statement is just amazing and awesome. We will be blinded by the light of it. But as he as he told uh, Stephanopoulos how oh he he wants to show it, but the lawyers just won't let him. Bullshit. Just like I call bullshit on this story that he told us. I told, hey, generals, um, well, sir, let me look, let me get back to you on that. How many people are going to die? Of course they know. That's part of, I mean, I, I'm not a general. I was not a general. I was not uh, in that. I was, but I wore the uniform of this country. We, I was involved in planning things in a, as a United States soldier, for Christ's sake, unlike any of the Trumps. You know how it's done. It's plotted and planned to avoid injury and, and to try to make a successful mission. All Everything is taken into account. Um, nobody's going to be like, oh boy, um, let me get back to you on that. He's a liar. And we're just going along for the ride. And it doesn't matter that whatever um, Nancy Pelosi doesn't seem to think that it, uh, there is no low too low to do her job, start impeachment hearings on this fraud. Oh, the, uh, people won't like it. The people are, they're 30% of this sad, dying empire is like 30% all over the world, except in many places that are actually functioning, like the happiest places on earth that have universal health care, like Finland, uh, the socialist countries, you know? The, the ones where they get more for their tax dollars. They get vacation, mandatory vacation, maternity leave, uh, universal health care, universal higher education. They get stipends to go to college. That's freedom. You moron. Not you. Not the, not my, not the audience. I'm talking to, to that dumbass. The stupid dupe who writes on Twitter's feed, oh, great job being a billionaire. You're not a billionaire. He's not a billionaire. Do not buy the lies. But as we know, there are, there's a sucker born every minute, and Trump supporters are living proof. But you don't let them run things. You don't put them in the majority. And that's why the Republicans have to lie, steal, gerrymander, voter suppress, rig, and hack electronic voting machines and get the help of foreign anti-democratic dictators in order to keep their filthy greedy fingers around this sad, dying empire. That's what they have to do. They can't win elections legitimately on the basis of their, what, what, their, their ideas. That the only thing they have is divide and conquer. Let's, now, uh, he's, Trump is sicking his, uh, whatever, his immigration service. I was going to say goon squads. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know these people personally. I mean, it's all part of the show. He's rounding up um, illegals. And when uh, people show up at the border, they're not coming here illegally. This is what, it doesn't matter how many times Trump and the Republican sycophants repeat it, but this, that's the truth. They're not coming here illegally. They're coming here as migrants under the laws that we helped craft after World War II to prevent another Holocaust from ever happening again. So it is quite disgusting and disingenuous for these filthy Republicans, but, I mean, what am I expecting from them? It's like, you can only expect a grunt from a pig. 
no offense to pigs, but that they that they would lie and and uh, you know manipulate what's going on. They're calling them illegals coming here illegally. They're not coming here illegally. It is not illegal to come to the border and present yourself to an agent and say, I am seeking asylum. That is what we helped create after World War II. So for these filthy Republicans to be so upset when Alexandria Arcasio-Cortez goes and, and calls Trump's concentration camps exactly what they are, concentration camps, and the Republicans all get into this faux outrage about it, that goes to show you what it's exactly how this kind of thing happens, how the inhumanity escalates. And if they weren't so inhumane and, and afraid of the judgment of history and the judgment of the present, they, why would they be trying to hide it? They would, you just do your job. Treat people like human beings. Give, give them a chance. What, the fact that it, the, the, mess, the humanitarian crisis now at the border, everything that Trump touches turns into a crisis. He created this crisis. That won't stop Republicans from inflating and conflating and stirring up anxiety and getting a lot of people upset about shit that ain't ever going to happen. Like, for instance, M M M uh, M I whatever the M I five. M what is that? You know that stupid uh, the uh, the gang that he's always talking about. M I M I six. No, that's. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but the, I know I I met this this uh, when I went down to Georgia with uh, when Mike Malloy had a, his first gathering to celebrate the release of his book, Colored Ice Cream, which you should buy. One of the people there was uh, a woman from New Jersey, and we were speaking, and she's she was telling me that her mother was is because ex- I was like, who believes this shit, you know? And uh, she was like, my mother. She lives in New Jersey, her mother, and Trump was telling them that the, all these illegals were coming in and they were going to slash their throats and things like that. And this woman really believed that. This is my, my, uh, my friend who I met, I, I mean, my acquaintance, I don't really know her that well. I was just speaking to her, but she was telling me that her mother believes that, the, that the, there's a caravan of gang members coming to kill her. And when her daughter tries to explain to her that that's not happening and it's a lie and shows her a picture, showed her a picture of the, of the woman with the babies and in diapers and the tear gas that the, that the border patrol agents were shooting these people with tear gas canisters. I mean, it's just, it's abhorrent. The, her, my friend's mother said that it was Photoshop, that that's fake news. So who can argue with that? How you can't argue with that because they're living in a they're not living in truth in reality. We need truth. That's why we need education. And as Americans, we need we need public education because we have to teach each other the the common history and the common story of what it means to be an American. What is America? We are a nation of immigrants. Unless you're a a Native American, you're an immigrant. This, and so no matter what, what kind of uh, America-hating troll are all these Republicans? 
Because if you are, if you hate immigrants in a nation of immigrants, that basically just proves my entire hypothesis for Republican dirty tricks and on, is that Republicans hate this country. They not only hate it, they are confused by it. Well, which is why they hate it, because they hate, they're very fear-based, and we know that because they've done studies on Republicans They and uh, the large amygdalas, uh, people with large amygdalas, um, they've done brain studies that people with larger amygdalas, which is the fear center of the brain, have a um, higher tendency to lean conservative or are more conservative because conservatives is, conservatism is the ideology of hierarchy and and hierarchy makes sense of the of the crazy scary complex world so you put everybody in their place and that's why they get anxious when people are out of their place you know you cross the line that's you have a line in their mind you know a man with a man, and I mean that's going too far. Adam and Steve, not I mean Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. All these things that bug them out. I don't want to see it. I don't want to, you know. They're they're they get uncomfortable very easy. Instead of evolving, instead of looking at this wondrous world and all its complexity and diversity, and being excited about it, and wanting to know new things, and and uh, it, know, knowing that it, it also takes, a le- you know, I always say it takes a level of maturity to function in a free democratic society. It really, it does, because you have to have the maturity to not be afraid that uh, just because you value someone else or you have respect for someone else's culture or identity or whatever it is, that doesn't reduce you as a human being or your culture or identity, unless you have a very weak ass culture, you know what I mean? Then it's, what are you worried about? Oh, I don't, don't shove it down my throat or whatever. It's like, they're so afraid. Uh, they live, the Republicans live in this. It's like, I always compare it to Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Their, their world is all black and white and they, it's, everybody's gotta be the same. So and it's it really is a world of of cognitive dissonance meets the Dunning Kruger effect, where it's uh, they talk about rugged individualism, but just try it. Just try being a rugged individual in the in the Republican Party. They they got something for you. There's no rugged individuals. Everybody's the same. Don't everybody has to think the same? They they are misogynists. They're racists. Oh, of course, they, they, they don't like being called racist. But you know what? If somebody, if, if the entire earth is saying to you, you're a racist, may, you think maybe you could take a pause and look in the mirror for a second and say, why is everybody calling me a racist? And, and in fact, a couple of uh, years ago at CPAC, which is, a, is like ground zero for uh, mental illness, and uh, it, it's sociopathy, selfishness that's that's the republican way but they one of the the seminars they were having at cpac was called are you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not that's a that's like that's one of their groups that they had they are you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not no um if you're not a racist like why is everybody calling you a racist you really need to look at that well, why? You know what I mean? Why is everybody calling me a racist? I know I'm not a racist. Then why are you promoting racist policies? Why do the racists 
think you're a racist? Why, do the, why does the KKK endorse you? And Nazis, why are Nazis rallying in the streets? In fact, during the Trump's, he, I don't know, I, did, I thought he kicked off his friggin' monster show already, but he, Friday or whatever, he had his, one of his Nuremberg rallies, and they, where is it? They um, were marching in the street. Oh, here's my cat. Great. He's jumping on me. This is Tara Jr. Jr. Can you see him? He's a good boy. Hello. <laughs> now he's so quiet. He's very talkative, but I always ask him to talk, and he doesn't want to talk. Enemy. Every, I, I'm sorry. Every time I, I got to get a, a, a video here, I'm always like, uh, where is it? Where is it? This eCam thing needs to come up with a better system of how to get videos. But this was, here's a clip from Trump's, rally in Florida, his kickoff rally. Proud boys. Okay. For those who are listening on a podcast, the, it was the Proud Boys marching through the streets giving the white power sign. Now, there's other instances of people actually working in the White House giving white power signs. If you've seen the picture of the interns, Trump's interns, and there it's uh, you better wear some sunglasses because it's blinding. It's so white. There is so many white people. And one of the interns apparently, let me see, Trump's intern is giving a it's not coming up. Anyway, but do a search. Oh yeah, here it is. White House intern. Yeah, giving is sitting like this, which means white power, you know, WP or whatever. There's many instances of this happening. Uh, I, I mean, David Duke is impressed and honored that Trump is, is constantly backing David Duke's policies. We have a Nazi in the White House. Not only uh, who, uh, proclaims the Nazis as very fine people, he, he's inspiring them all over the world. All of these murderers that the murderer in New Zealand was a big Trump fan. And all over the world, they look to Trump as inspiration. Racist, Nazi. If, that's, if you're not a Nazi and you're not a racist, then why are you supporting a racist party? Uh, who is inspiring racists? I mean, case closed. So, okay, here's, here's the thing that really, so many things. I was going to, I played Chuck Todd. I'm, I'm just looking at the time. What time did I start? 7 o'clock, yes. Um, 7 o'clock EST. So, okay. Let me just play this thing. So Chuck Todd, he has, of course, Trump was um, saying how, I'm just looking for this article, how he was, he was very pleased with himself that he that uh, he like and in fact the other thing that made me sick that i heard recently that trump's speech at in normandy when he gave his uh when he read a teleprompter and without shitting his pants which he sucked at reading it too he sa he sounded like of course he's a he's a sociopath we know that he has no true feelings for anybody but himself so he 
he's not really good at, he can't act. Because in order to be an actor, you have to be able to put yourself in the shoes of, other, of others and feel their feelings and emote their feelings. He has no feelings. So he, he sounds very flat, and he, sounds, he really sounds like a 12-year-old who, who is reading a book report. He read, uh, he knows nothing about history, reality, nothing about, what does he know about World War II? He knows, oh, uh, they fought Nazis. Meanwhile, um, he's, he's praising Nazis and inspiring Nazis and acting like a Nazi, calling the press the enemy of the people, praising dictators all over the world, giving cover for a dictator who murdered a journalist, murdered and dismembered a journalist. Lord, this journalist who was a resident of the United States into an embassy, dismembered him and murdered him for what? For doing what the fourth estate is tasked to do. Not just speak truth to power, but inform us, the people. That's a free people. And it is no coincidence that the happiest places on earth with democratic socialism and free, uh, not free, I mean, they, the general welfare that, that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite and the 1%, these are the same countries that are also ranking in the top 10 of press freedom. So what, everything that the Republican Party stands for is based in bullshit. And, okay, so Chuck Todd, let's just talk about, I'm looking at the time, the, the concentration camps. So the, the, the thing that really irritated me, so we know what AOC said, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, said that the United States is, has, has concentration camps at the board. That's what it, it does. Concentration camps are what they are. It doesn't have to, it's not, a, it's not just... Um, it's not the Nazis that came up with it. They con- we've had concentration camps before. We had Japanese internment camps. These concentration camps exist all over the world and existed in different places in the world. So it's not so for the Republican Party to conflate it disingenuously. That we, whenever you bring up concentration camp, you're talking about Nazi concentration camp. And the thing that Chuck Todd. Um, was so irritating because he he did he did he jumped on the bandwagon uh, going after AOC for using concentration camps not for the abhorrent inhumane policies of this government of this Trump and Z illegal less vote getting government um, but it's the way that we are speaking about it this are we are, are we children. No, I mean, the Republican Party wants us to be emotionally crippled morons who follow them over a cliff, uh, who drive our, our Ubers and uh, never think of retirement and, and pray for our mansion in heaven, but don't pester our betters as they're fucking riding us all to the bank. But the, um, yeah, but, tr- but that, that's what we're supposed to be offended about. The, that AOC used the word concentration camp. We should, we should yeah, it's, it's a jarring word. And to think that we have them in this country, it should wake people up. And good for her for doing it. it um, yeah, you know what? Uh, turn off the reality TV show. There are c- crimes against humanity going on at the border. And that's what the Republicans are upset about, what the words, the terminologies, 
sticks and stones, right? These are the ones that are all like, oh, let's drink some liberal tears. They're such snowflakes. But there, there you go. It's, it's psychological projection. Everything they talk about, they call us um, the whatever. You know, they call the press the enemy of the people. They're the enemy of the people. Anybody who calls the press the enemy of the people is the enemy of the people. They call us fragile snowflakes because we care. We don't want to have babies in cages. We, we know that it's, uh, um, it's inhumane and it's psychologically damaging, and we will all pay the price for this. Society will pay the price with a, with a generation of damaged people that we, are, that we have to deal with. So the Republican Party, they are breaking this country. They're, and many people well, have broken the country, but I, and I always contend that this country, the citizens of America have PTSD. We are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, this whole country, because they have, they, they would rather us out here fighting against each other ar around bullshit. Like AOC calls this a concentration camp, which it is. Uh, re then fixing the problems, then understanding that we have to point our anger where it truly belongs, not at the migrants fleeing oppression in the failed states that we helped create, trying to have a shot at freedom here uh, or to save their lives or their children's lives, to give them a shot. But at, uh, you know, it's not there. It's not the, those aren't the, the problem. It's the, the ones at the top that have divided us, divide and conquer, that are concentrating wealth upwards. Out, so you can work your three uniquely American low-paying jobs, and I don't care how many hours you work, if, you are, if you're not making a living wage, you're never going to be a billionaire. You know, Donald Trump, is no, he's no smart person. He was handed $250 million from his father that he bankrupted over six times over, and his father bailed them out. And he also, that's how he made his money, siphoning money out of his father's, out of, out of his daddy's trust fund, tax-free through the use of fraudulent inflated invoices. But, so Chuck Todd, this, is, this was his, um, he was very um, upset that AOC had, uh, had talked about concentration camps. And I'm obsessed with what's happening at our southern border. You can call our government's detention of migrants many mm -hmm. things, depending on how you see it. It's a stain on our nation, maybe, a necessary evil to others, a deal with untenable situation, perhaps. But do you know what's, you can't call it? Take a listen. You can't? The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. I was obviously New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Instagram. After being criticized, Ocasio-Cortez tried to make a distinction between concentration camps and Nazi death camps, where the industrialized mass slaughter of the Holocaust occurred. Fair enough, but Congresswoman, tens of thousands were also brutalized, tortured, starved, and ultimately died in concentration camps, camps like Dachau. If you want to criticize the shameful treatment of people at our southern border, fine. You'll have plenty of company, but be careful comparing them to Nazi concentration camps. Okay, let me just interject for a second. He, she did not. Did you hear that? Or am I nuts? I mean, whatever. Don't, don't answer that. But the, uh, yes, he did say that. He said she did not say they were Nazi concentration camps. And in the same sentence says 
be careful calling them Nazi concentration camps. This is such bullshit. Because they're not at all comparable in the slightest. But here's where she didn't call them Nazi concentration camps. She said they were concentration camps. That's what they are. You put uh, a group of people in a camp. You're uh, ba uh, based on whatever their migratory, their immigration status, whatever. Uh, powerless people, and you lock them away. What the what the hell do you call that? I don't want to get criticized on Twitter. Fellow New York Congressman Jerry Nadler tweeted in response, one of the lessons from the Holocaust is never again. We fail to learn that lesson when we don't call out such inhumanity right in front of us. Yeah. Jerry Nadler surely knows migrant detainment camps are not the same as concentration camps. So why didn't he just say that? Why are we so sure? Isn't that what he said? What the fuck is wrong with this? See what I'm saying? This, this guy, how much money does this guy make? Millions of dollars to sit in his... Ivory Tower, kissing ass with uh, uh, on Twitler and the fascists and sucking up to power and having lovely cocktail parties with the elite to, and getting on his platform and saying absolutely nothing of worth, doing nothing to advance this general the the general welfare, this grand experiment in liberal democracy, nothing to protect it. In fact, he is. He is an antagonist in the story of democracy. Chuck Todd is the antagonist against us. And one day, you, I, I, sometimes I know things like psychic or whatever. I don't know. I have a feeling that, not in my lifetime, but one day future generations are going to look back and they're going to see this Chuck Todd for the fraud, for the joke that he is. And they're going to point to the fourth estate and say, can you believe it? This is how... The, the democracy died in America with the help of the deregulated media, which gave us Fox News, which gave us Rush Limbaugh and these silos of information, and that gave us the corporate media that gave us Chuck Todd, who did nothing. But so, he talk about a taker. To sit in his, uh, his studio and, and take a paycheck... For, do, for doing absolutely nothing, for bringing zero to the table but distractions and bullshit. Meanwhile, another day goes by in where human beings are kept in these inhumane conditions. Also, Twitler can feel powerful to his base and tell them a story about how someone's coming up here to, sl to slit their throats when they live, uh, they don't even live by the border. The, and nope, and the, it's not happening. It's there. Tell me that, you know, if you really care about the people that you represent, why are you making them afraid? Why are you stoking fear, anxiety? Uh, 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 you know what I mean? Somebody, it, it's, it's malpractice that somebody who is easily manipulated, and here come the Republicans to, to tickle their fear. Uh, the, you know, their, their large amygdalas and have them living in stress and anxiety for no effing reason other than it helps them politically. It helps the elite as they laugh at their, in their cocktail parties, as they sip $300 bottles of wine with corporate lobbyists, figuring out ways to strip you of your health care. This is what we're dealing with.
calling out people we agree with politically these days. Obviously, this isn't a Democratic Party thing. It's an even bigger problem on the Republican side of the aisle when it comes Ooh, to President Trump there and the reluctance is. there. Are we really so ensconced in our political bubbles, liberal versus conservative, that we cannot talk about right versus wrong anymore? Some what? The, does anybody understand what the hell he's saying? That's what she's doing. We're talking about right versus wrong. It is wrong to, to take vulnerable people asking for help and to treat them like worse than animals in cages, to not give them blankets, to make them freeze, to make them sleep on a dirt floor, to separate children from their parents and traumatize them, to give them one meal a day, if that, to take away recreational activities or educational activities, to what, I mean, what kind of a country is this? And the, I, I gotta play this other thing. Let me just finish this. bigger this. than partisanship. Or at least they used to be. What? In the interim, the crux of what's truly at stake is lost. What is this country going to do about what's happening at the border in this humanitarian crisis? We'll get to that at some point, I guess. Oh, yeah, at some point. Don't worry about it now. We'll get to that at some point. Not today, though, because today I got a cocktail party to go to. And so we want to talk about the inhumanity. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry about it. But today, let's... let's uh, be snowflakes about the fact that AOC said something that was true. And that's the problem. Republicans have a real problem. That's how you know when the truth has been told. Because all of the Republicans, the Confederacy of dunces, come f flying out of their hidey holes and, uh, in front of the nearest camera to, be, to, to get the vapors. So even the, where is he? Uh, which I got to play this. Oh, actually, which is very good. Um, that the Kevin McCarthy, here's, here's Kevin McCarthy calling for AOC to apologize. I think Congresswoman AOC needs to apologize not only to the nation, but to the world. She does not understand history. She does not understand what's going on the board at the same time. But there is no comparison. And to actually say that. Really? There's no really comparison? Yeah, it is embarrassing, but not in the way this moron thinks, that, that this Kevin McCarthy thinks. It's pretty embarrassing. And here's the guy. Let me just tell you um, that Kevin McCarthy, he, he, I mean, they're all just such unabashed hypocrites, Republicans, because Kevin McCarthy himself had recently tweeted something about George Soros. I thought I grabbed it. Let me see. It was just a tweet, but it was, this is what they do. They're just complete and utter shameless racists. And where is, oh yeah, I have it right here. Let's put it up on the screen. George Soros. We cannot allow Soros, Steyer, and Bloomberg to buy this election. Get out and vote November 6th. MAGA. MAGA. Um, what do Soros, Steyer, and Bloomberg all have in common? Hmm. And buying an election. Now, remember how the right wing was so upset about the racist tropes of the, a freshman congresswoman. She was saying that APAC was uh, influencing the, the, the House of Representatives. And, you know, they all, had, they all went nuts. They all had, uh, they pooped their diapers over it. But uh, I don't know about that. Nobody said it. None of these Republicans said anything about that tweet which is pretty goddamn racist to me. When you talk about a racist trope, the, the silence is deafening. So AOC 
had a good response to to Chucky, little Chucky Todd. I mean, not Chuck Todd, to uh, Kevin McCarthy, and I'll play that. I ask you your reaction to minority leader uh, McCarthy saying that you should apologize for the uh, comparison between concentration camps and detention centers. What's your um, Well, I think he should apologize for the deliberate conflation and attack on these terms. I think he should apologize for the conditions that he's supporting on the border. He should apologize to the children that have been separated from their parents. He should apologize for, the, for his support for widespread human rights abuses. That's what he should apologize for. And until he stops supporting the absolute dehumanizing conditions on our border, I will not apologize for holding him to account for it. There you go. That's how you handle it. Boom. Drop the mic, AOC. That's how you do it. Don't apologize for being on the right side of humanity. Republicans know what they are. They're disgusting. That's why they have to feign this outrage about, oh, she said this thing. That's a disgrace. Meanwhile, they're tweeting anti-Semitic tropes. They're... they're uh, propagating um they're in bed with nazis literal nazis okay like enough is enough as they're feigning this outrage and trump is having his nuremberg rally they they're they're nazis marching in the streets outside giving white power signs they're they're inviting white power interns into the white house these freaks so they're uh, this is but they're not outraged at their behavior so let me just, while I'm on the subject, we had, where is it? The, 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 the government, let me put, my cat is laying on my lap. The government, you know, Trump's, Trump's government went to court and is fighting to, to not have to treat people. They, they, they want to have, they don't want to be human. That's what it is. The Republicans, it's very hard for Republicans to be decent human beings. So they, they don't want to bother. Why bother? Why give kids toothbrushes? Or why be a human being? Why be a decent person? When people talk about this country, this make this country great, make America great again, this, is this what they're talking about? All right, guys, I'm going to take a break. And my name is Tara Devlin, and I will see you in about eight minutes. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. Our ACE rule will incentivize new technologies that will ensure coal plants can be part of a cleaner future. Trump EPA replaces Obama's clean power plan with deadly scheme to prop up polluting coal industry. Our air and water are the cleanest they've ever been by far. Sorry, Mr. Trump. U.S. air pollution is measurably worse since you took office. Plus, this is not only a first step, but it is a giant step. New York set to approve one of the world's most ambitious climate change plans. All of those giant steps and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. We have among the cleanest and sharpest, crystal clean air and water anywhere on earth. 
the sharpest air and water anywhere in the world? That's what he said. What does that even mean? This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, so the Trump administration has not done enough damage already. Now they've got a new plan to help kill thousands of Americans. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The Trump Environmental Protection Agency on Wednesday unveiled its biggest rollback of Obama-era climate policies yet, introducing its replacement for President Obama's landmark clean power plan, which was the first ever standard to cut the carbon emissions from power plants that cause dangerous man-made climate change. In a speech, Trump EPA chief and former coal lobbyist... Former? Yes, former coal lobbyist Andrew Wheeler ignored the booming domestic clean energy industry and instead focused on propping up the dying coal industry. Rather than punishing U.S. production and yielding the marketplace to Chinese coal, which is what the Obama Clean Power Plan did, we are leveling the playing field and encouraging innovation and technology across the sector. If we don't develop the next generation of clean coal technologies here in the U.S., no one else will. Good. No one else should. There's no such thing as clean coal, but boy, the coal industry is getting their money's worth from their former lobbyist, Andrew Wheeler, aren't they? Yes, they are. The U.S. Supreme Court had stayed Obama's clean power plan, so it never actually took effect. Trump's new affordable clean energy plan gives states authority to set their own standards or do nothing at all. Its timeline is actually slower than what the power sector is already on track to do as utilities ditch coal in favor of cheaper, cleaner natural gas and renewables. Worse, the Trump EPA actually admits in its own filings that the new rule easing restrictions on coal plants will actually increase deadly pollution, estimating it will cause the premature deaths of as many as 1,500 Americans every year, especially in the southeast. And the EPA's projected emissions cuts from the new rule amount to less than half of what experts say is necessary to avert catastrophic climate change, which was kind of the whole point of the original rule. So they know this is going to actually kill people, actually kill Americans and they're doing it anyway because the coal industry wants them to. Exactly. States and environmental groups plan to sue to stop the new rule, but that will take years. And in the meantime, more people will die from pollution. Wheeler told reporters he expects new coal plants to open up as a result of the rule. Let's hope he's wrong. I bet he will be. Meanwhile, at a rally in Orlando, Florida, to launch his 2020 presidential campaign on Tuesday, President Trump again lied about U.S. air and water quality. Our air and water are the cleanest they've ever been by far. Sadly, that is just not true. A new AP analysis of federal data shows that Trump has succeeded in reversing decades of clean air gains. Air pollution has actually gotten worse over the last two years, with 15% more days with unhealthy air quality since 2016. Well, I'm sure that fact check will completely change the lie that Donald Trump gives to all of his campaign rallies. And, of course, climate change continues apace. Last month was the fourth warmest May on record globally, according to NOAA. All of the top five warmest Mays on record have all occurred in just the last five years. 
But finally, there is some good news. Good. New York State is on the verge of passing one of the most ambitious climate action bills in the nation. As of airtime, the Democratic majority state legislature has agreed to pass and Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo has agreed to sign sweeping climate, jobs and justice legislation to eliminate the state's contribution to climate change. The ambitious package legally binds the state to reach net zero greenhouse emissions by 2050, zero carbon electricity by 2050 and create jobs by transitioning every corner of the state's economy to clean energy. Good. If New York can do it, I'd say the other 49 states can as well, if they want. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. When dreams are made of, there's nothing you can't do. Now you're in New York. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1947. That was the day spontaneous protest strikes began against the new Taft-Hartley Act. 250,000 soft coal miners in Pennsylvania walked out of the pits. 102,000 shipyard workers of the CIO's Industrial Union of Marine and Shipbuilding Workers followed the miners' example on the East and Gulf Coasts. The Greater Akron Area Council of Labor Unions joined AFL and CIO councils representing 185,000 workers demanded that top union leaders call a general strike in defense of labor's civil liberties. Workers at Chrysler's Kerchevel plant walked out in protest even as the nation's steel mills and auto plants began to slow from the absence of coal. Congressman Fred Hartley, co-author of the slave labor bill, denounced the UMW as mutinous citizens and demanded immediate enforcement of the act against the walkout. Millions of trade unionists, white hot with anger at the repressive, union-busting legislation, were ready for job actions. But in this instance, William Green, head of the AFL, and Philip Murray, head of the CIO, were agreed in their opposition to general strike action. William Green reported that he had been flooded with appeals from AFL unions across the country calling for a general strike. He feared taking strike action would invite lawsuits and favored fighting through the courts and private contracts. Murray echoed Green and rejected any talk of a general protest strike. He invited leaders of the AFL and the Railroad Brotherhoods to join the CIO in a two-pronged fight against Taft-Hartley. Murray looked to challenge the act's constitutionality in the courts and hoped to unseat the congressman who passed it in the 1948 election. Unions are still hamstrung by many of the act's devastating provisions. Hello, it's me. My name is Tara Devlin. I mean, oh, God, how did I, how did I get like this? Um, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. I'm recording the show a little bit early. Please become a patron. This is what I'm talking about. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Wouldn't it be nice to have, to not have to worry about all this technical shit all the time? That would be great. 
Um, become a patron. It's not just my show. It's also RDT Daily. And you will be supporting the liberal media, the real liberal media. And I will do what I can do, whatever I can do. I will fight fascism until my last breath. Honestly, what else? What else? What other choice do we have? And in fact, oh yeah, you can buy a shirt. All of these things help. Uh, if you go to the RDT Daily store, you can buy some merch. That helps. Helps us keep going and create the liberal content. Um, ultimately, I would like to do the show every day. Hopefully, when we get to that point, it won't be as technically screwed up as it is now. And I. You know, I appreciate everybody for bearing with this uh, this growing pains as it is. Um, what else? So, um, become a patron. I said that already. Please donate. I said that already. Also, I'm going to be at a at an event. It's uh, on August 31st in New Jersey. It's called Minds New Jersey. M I N D S. And it's going to be, uh, I'm on a panel with a bunch of people, and we're discussing, it's called Minds New Jersey slash Philadelphia, Ending Racism, Violence, and Authoritarianism. So buy some tickets and use the code TARABUSTER to get 15% off. I think they raised it to 15 And I'm on a panel with a bunch of people, and they're, we're, we're discussing the Great Migration a digital, a discussion of digital and physical immigration. So that should be fun because the whole goal of this is to get people from different political persuasions talking. So as you know, I have anger issues and nothing's going to be, no, it's not going to be a Jerry Springer show, but I do not suffer the fools very easily. And when I was looking at other people's Twitter feed, I just to see who I was going to be speaking with, I was thinking, so this is going to be fun. So why is it? I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. Some, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm on, a, I'm on a panel with somebody called Lauren Chen. She's a right winger. And, oh, my God. I'm, I, I mean, I'm sure she's a nice person, whatever. But it's going to be, it'll be fun. Lauren Chen, the roaming millennial, is a Canadian YouTube blogger and Blaze TV host who promotes right-wing talking points. <sighs> this is going to be fun. Uh, views on racial oppressions. In a video titled, People of Color, You Are Not Oppressed, <laughs> Chen claims that people of color are not oppressed. Okay. Her video contained numerous logical fallacies, which were noticed by many critics. I gotta, I gotta really look, look, you know, do some more research. But that's one of that's one of the people I'm on this panel with. People of color. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Honestly, you should get a ticket because I need support. I'm gonna need some emotional support. I need my backup. So get a ticket if you're in that area. That'll be fun. And it's not just that event. It's a bunch of. Uh, it's of other people, too. So it's all day. Uh, different panels. Do you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Um, what else? I want to thank the patrons that are supporting this show because I cannot do it without you. And I want to thank 
I'm going to just go through the names really quick. Michael, Lisa, Joey, Michael, Daniel, Michael. A lot of Michaels. Michael's the most popular male name. You know that? In America. I don't know if it's now, but uh, Gail, Jim, Sam, David, Gary, James, Martin, Cynthia, Dwayne, Peter, Jane, John, Susan, Katie, Deborah, Paul. I want to get to the point where we can't name everybody, but... Thank you, guys. And everybody who donates. And Slow Tree just gave five pounds on the, on the Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Listen, what were we talking about? Okay. What I was talking about before we went to the break was Chuck Todd talking about how offended he is about what AOC said. STFU. Get your priorities straight. You know what I mean? Uh, Let's not call it a concentration camp. It is what it is. Call it what it is. This is how we will be able to have nice things. In order to have nice things, you have to be able to be, you have to look yourself in the mirror and confront what you, what you are. Is this working for us? Is it, does it, is that a good look, America, to have a concentration camp? To put babies in cages, that's a good look? Is that something you should be aff- uh, ashamed of or proud of? So when the Republican Party, uh, you notice what they do. They're always like, well, Obama did it. Bullshit. Obama never. There is, and then here's the other thing. This, this is what pisses me off about Republicans on, on top of everything else. When it comes to all their crimes against humanity, they start saying how, this is, in fact, I saw somebody today going on about it, how, oh, we're just following the law that we were, that was left to us by Obama. Bullshit. This is a guy who wipes his ass with everything Obama, who wants to strip millions of Americans of their pre-existing condition protection, much less, I mean, not to mention their entire health care. These are people that have parties in the Rose Garden when they take health care from people because Obama gave it to them. This, uh, and, this, and so now they, get, they can't do anything because Obama did it. Obama, I, I, if only, I wish, they couldn't go against something that Obama did. It's bullshit. Oh, we, we had to do it because Obama left it for Bullshit. Since when? This is what they do because they have no other excuse. These are babies. Republicans, this is what I always say, they are a permanent, we need to make them a permanent minority party because they can't function. It's like children. The reason you don't let children drive is because their brains aren't mature enough yet. They're not developed enough. They don't know, they can't look and and fully assess maturely the consequences of their actions. That's why you don't try children as adults for the most part. But that's, they're not fully developed yet. It's the same thing with Republicans. Why is it that, they, that you don't put them in charge because they're, these are people that they, they, don't, they don't have the best interests of democracy at heart. It's they're taking babies away from their children. I mean, <laughs> away from their children. <laughs> I wish somebody would take a baby away from my child. Uh, no, they're taking children, babies away from their parents and blaming Obama. It's like Obama did it. Obama. Ob- are these people? They're not mature enough to have leadership positions. Could you imagine if you go to work every day and, and you constantly fuck up and your boss is coming to you and you're like, well, you know, J- Obama, Joey Obama did it. You'd be fired. This is the party of personal responsibility. You know, they never take responsibility. They only stick to that motto 
when they're trying to strip health care from people. But when it comes to taking responsibility for their actions, for their egregious, fascist, inhumane actions that are the bane and shame of this society, oh, forget it. They're not going to take responsibility. Obama, it's Obama. And it's a lie. On top of it, it's a freaking lie. Everything is a lie that comes out of their mouth. And that's how you know that they are unfit. And for Nancy Pelosi to be, don't get me started on this again, but it really gets on my nerve because my last, I'm only, I'm saying nerve, uh, singular, because I only have one left. I, I'm, I'm, my other ones have been worn to the nubs. But the, that she uh, continues to allow this to go on, unchallenged, to get up in front of the press and say, well, we're passing laws and it's going over to the Senate graveyard and that's not good enough. You got to fight these people like we are fighting for our lives because we are. It's not okay. Look at what they're doing. They have no standards. They, there's no low too low for them to go. This is not business as usual. To just allow them to continue to go about their business unmolested, forget it. Enough is enough. She's got to gotta start impeachment hearings on this criminal. It's, and not bring John Dean up as a show or he, what's her name, that other one. Um, you know, the one, the communications lady. But it's like, that's not good enough. I'm sorry, Nancy. It's not good enough to pass bills that you know are going to die in the Senate but, and then say, oh, we can't do impeachment because it's going to die in the Senate. Bullshit. This is a criminal. He just, last night alone, played the military like it was his own personal play toy for the sake of his dupes. In today's episode of It's Trump's World and We Just Live in It, it's not okay. He is destroying democracy. And for us, we love democracy so much, and these, these Republicans are so, they're so offended about concentration camps. We need to be hyper-vigilant about keeping the grand experiment in liberal democracy alive. I mean, I know that we don't really have it. It's, it is, like we were saying, aspirational. It's not functioning. So for Nancy Pelosi to pretend like she can reason with Republicans or somehow they're going to come to their senses. They haven't come to their senses since zygote, okay? We, how long is it going to take for Nancy Pelosi to come to her senses? They have crashed the economy twice in a century. Isn't that enough? How many uh, wars based on lies are they going to they gonna try to get us into? They were, they were successful. Isn't that enough that they lied us into a war based on lies? I mean, lied us into a war based on lies. Uh, duh. Of course. That's not enough. Isn't it enough that they allowed Trump to receive foreign help and they're doing nothing about it? That they know he obstructed justice? What does it mean to create fake evidence and to tell your minions to stick it in the file for investigators to find to cover your ass when you're innocent that's what you do that's what you do he's a he is a criminal that's obstruction of justice to create evidence that uh you think is gonna cover your ass when you're a guilty bastard that's enough that is a crime i thought we nobody's above the law
No, we have a king. We have a king in this goddamn country, and they, and he's Trump. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He thumbs his nose at the Senate. I mean, at the at every not the Senate, the Senate and the Congress to defy subpoenas. That's isn't that enough? So every time that he wipes his ass with another subpoena, and Nancy Pelosi, what does she, what does she do? Nothing. Enough is enough. Yeah. Oh, um, when Bill Barr says, "Oh, you're gonna put me in jail?" Yeah, bitch. You goddamn right. Do whatever you got to do. This is not a drill. And then we have uh, Joe Biden talking about how he can work with these people. Are you kidding me? These are the people that have broken democracy. They put a literal con man fascist as their standard bearer. They are covering his ass. They have Nazis marching in the streets with torture saying Jews will not replace us. And they're calling them very fine people. That's who you're going to negotiate with? You don't have to agree with them, but we need to work with them. Bullshit. You work on the right side of history. You don't say, well, you know, half, uh, we'll, we'll give you half. We'll allow you to have half of your racist policies. No, you fight them. Enough is enough. You think if the shoe was on the other foot? This is why the Republicans, they do what they do, because they know they're going to get away with it. Because the Democrats, they don't have a spine. That's really inspiring, right? What did, what did Joe Biden say recently to a group of rich donors? Nothing's going to change with him. Oh, he doesn't want to demonize the rich. That whole demonize the rich bullshit is bullshit. Demonize the rich. Can we get a grasp of where we're at in this country? We have the least upwardly mobile country in all the OECD nations with the widest income gap. This was, and that's not always been the case. Since Reaganomics, we used to be the most upwardly mobile during that, you know, make America great again time when they're always talking about these, these effing Republicans talk about the greatest generation fought World War II. Well, they fought fascism. They didn't invite it in for tea like Trump does and, and call them very fine people. He doesn't, uh, they don't back slap on uh, the authoritarians of the world. I mean, this is the new normal here in the United States of serfs and lords. They don't cover the ass of a dictator who dismembers a member of the fourth estate. That's enough right there to get rid of this dangerous Cretan and all of his enablers. They're all the enemies of the people. Any, that's how we know they're the enemies of the people. Anybody who calls the press the enemy of the people is the enemy of the people. And we need to be hyper-vigilant as liberals, as normal people, as people who are capable of functioning in a democratic society. So we need to be hyper-vigilant about this thing. That's why you teach your children about democracy and how they are very tenuous, how, it's, how you have to cultivate it. You have to nurture it and protect it. That you don't allow money in politics. To, you don't allow the corporations to buy politicians and corrupt government. This is what we're dealing with. But it's like, what did Joe Biden say? Okay, this, I mean, I'm not trying to be whatever, but uh, I'm like, come on here. So Joe Biden, the, the whole thing with Cory Booker, because he's like, oh, I could work with the segregationists, and they didn't call me boy, they called me son. Just dismissive of, a, of another American experience. That's what it is. Different people, demographics, have a different American experience. The only one that's valid is the one of the powerful, rich, straight, white male. Everybody else, if you're not a sycophant of the powerful, rich, straight, white male, like a lot of the Trump they're because they look up, they kiss up to this power 
trying to beg it for a trickle. Please trickle on me. Meet me for a beer and trickle on me. That's what they want. They don't understand that to have these authoritarians, these oligarchs in power, buying politicians and corrupting government, that's not democracy. That's not America. That's not, it doesn't matter. You can go and vote for your local dog catcher. You're still living in an oligarchy, a kiss-up, kick-down oligarchy, and that's just the way Mitch McConnell likes it. That's why he wants it. And Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and all them, they're, gonna, they're playing along. They're in it. So they'll throw us a bone here and there, but they're not, they're not recognizing the fundamental rot in the system. And that's what's really concerning. So this is why I believe if Joe Biden is the nominee that we will, we're not going to win. And therefore, the earth will lose. Because who's going to go and vote for, let me just play what he said. So, he, so they said, let's apologize. Uh, Joe Biden needs to apologize. This one needs to apologize. Then Joe Biden was asked about Cory Booker asking him, uh, Joe Biden, to apologize. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like the people in terms of their views, but you just simply make the case and you beat them. You beat them without changing the system. How does it feel that you're a democratic liar? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Without changing the system? He's such a creature of this oligarchy. Without changing the system? There is a problem in the system. The system is rotten. It has created the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap where the, the, this next generation is not going to do better than their parents. And then something called retirement is just a quaint notion that our, our grandparents thought were, was their birthright. But, hey, we, you know, you know, how could you get retired if you, you got to work your Uber? You got to drive your Uber at night, right? Your gig economy. But not going to change the system when we have a system that has concentrated wealth, that is rotten with concentrated wealth, which is not democracy. Implicitly, Sandy, you have issues talking about race. They know better. Are you going to apologize? Guys, like Corey apologize for what? Cory Booker's called for it. Cory should apologize. He knows better. There's not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career. Okay, sure. whatever. When it was convenient. I know that Joe Biden's history is, he's got a long history, and it's going to work against him in the, in the general. And it's, he's been on the wrong side of history numerous times, too. Anita Hill, busing, all these, it's all going to come out. So when, when you have somebody that's like, and not change the system, that's your, that's your stance? I, what happens to change we can believe in? I mean, change we can believe in, that's like, that when I look back on that whole Obama campaign, change we can believe in. Everybody, uh, we all just projected our own desires on that. What is change we can believe in? Me, I, I was hoping that change we can believe in was that Obama would be a liberal, that he would be a, a, the next FDR and, have, and, and, and be a champion of a new New Deal. That's what we need. But he didn't do that at all. He was... He was a very moderate Republican, basically. That's it. That's what he is. 
So um, you give us the Republican policies and and for years and years and years to be deluded into thinking, uh, oh, the the fever will will break. He said, I remember about uh, about the Republicans that they'll come around. And eventually I was in the it was a little too late because they lost the majority. And that whole losing of the majority that that's I've been hearing over the years, even uh, even people who say they're liberal rewrite history on that saying that we during the midterms when we when the democrats lost the midterms after obama's election they it was because democrats stayed home because we said oh we have a good guy in the white house and we don't have to work anymore we can rest on our laurels which was bullshit okay that's not what happened what happened was everybody was upset the Democrat, he, oops, why did I put that up there? That's not, the show's not over yet. The uh, people were disheartened. The Democratic base was demoralized because the, and demobilized in that matter, because Obama put Social Security on the table. Him and John, and John Boner, they, he negotiated, he put, so, that was Obama, not John Boner. The reason... Uh, Social Security wasn't privatized at that time was because the John Boner was sticking with the caucus room conspiracy, which was to deny Obama any victories. So when Obama, that's what he did. He put Social Security on the table. And he also, a couple of things, this is what happened during the election, and right before the election, that's when that uh, Scott, what's his name, that nude model guy, when Ted Kennedy's seat went to that guy, you know, I can't remember his last name. What was his name? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The guy who was a nude model. Everybody was shocked because that who would vote for a Republican in, in Massachusetts? But the fact was that the Democrats stayed home because Obama had demoralized the base by putting Social Security on the table. And also, he, the other thing he did was he, he bailed out the banks instead of the homeowners. And he also, uh, well, that was Obama. That was all Obama. He had a choice that was to bail out the, the uh, banks or give the homeowners relief that were losing their homes. And the homeowners, eh, let them eat cake. And the other thing was that he, it was, it was the third thing that he did. He... Oh, yes, it was Obamacare. Not Obamacare. It was He took the public option. He took that off the table to appease the, um, the for-profit health insurance companies. <clears throat> and um, what's his name? Lieberman. So, anyway. Because Lieberman was... And, and, so, but that's what, that's what happened. And that's how you lose an election. And when you have a, we're still begging for change. The American people are begging for change. This is not an election where, the, because this is what I keep hearing on the corporate media, um, that, the, and of course the corporate media all wants Biden because they like, they want the status quo. Chuck Todd wants to continue sipping his bottles of wine, his his expensive wine and champagne with his with the people he's supposedly reporting on, that's what he he wants to hobnob in the halls of power, 
with his million dollar paycheck and that's and look down the ivory tower and telling us all that uh socialism is the is doesn't work we all hate socialism this was that's the that's the line and Joe Biden is, he's, he's, an, he's a comfortable shoe. This is what I keep hearing, that people want, they want normalcy. They want, they want bipartisanship. Bullshit. People want to win. They want a decent life. They only, I, mean, I always think of FDR. When the only reason FDR wasn't elected in a fifth term was because he was dead, not because he, he welcomed the ideas of Republicans that had crashed the economy. He was like, no, I welcome their hatred. They, they're aligned in their hatred against me, and I welcome it. Know me by the enemies I have made. That's what he said. And he's not, you know, you, there's a right side of history, and then there's a wrong side of history. You fight for what's right. You don't, you know, whatever. I mean, I keep hearing uh, the, the corporate media talking about how, uh, you know, FDR was able to work with the Southern, um, with the, with the southern races, yes, that's what happened. That, but that was a different time. You're talking about it in the '40s, though. The the reason why the New Deal was, it was a very. I mean, and this is another thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, that got AOC. That they all jumped on AOC because she said that the New Deal was racist. Yes, FDR wasn't racist, but the fact is, he was. He had to deal with the southern racists. Then they were Dixiecrats. These were the Democrats at the time. Yeah, they were the conservatives that they didn't want the New Deal. A lot of New Deal programs weren't available to people of color or whatever you want to call it. black people. I don't know. People say don't use people of color. Don't. I don't know what to say. He was negotiating with the, the racists of his time. That's, that was the 1940s and the 30s. You know, Joe Biden was dealing in the 60s and 70s. So, you know, it was a little bit later. I'm not trying to, like, knock on the Democrats, but here's the deal, man. Um, we have to get this country back and it, we're not going to get it back when people are living in denial and saying that oh we, he wants to change the system yeah not but how is joe biden so indignant that somebody dares to question the system of course the system is broken it's not working this is why somebody like a donald effing trump can come into power because of the failed system the neoliberal system that keeps people down. It's, that's, that's what creates fascism. The, that you keep selling them hope. Oh, we got change you can believe in. Change you can believe. Oh, back and forth. That's why people go back and forth and back and forth. People are just looking for something to function. Do you think that if this was a functioning democracy, that it, it would, you know, of course we all have problems, but we would be able to work better together there would be you know less stress and less but the fact is that the people in power have deregulated this economy to the point they deregulated the media they gave us the silos of information they deregulated the banks that gave us the second next uh the well the second republican great depression the near republican great depression in a hundred years they deregulated. What else? The the only thing that uh, you know the what what is it? The Obamacare is it's nothing but re- re- regulation of the health insurance racket, which is where the only stupid country that has a freaking for profit health care system, for profit. My ass. Nobody. Uh, I mean, it's your money or your life. That's why it's not a real market. 
And then, so Joe Biden's coming in where he wants to change the system, not by changing the system. Bullshit. Yes, bitch. By changing the system. Because it ain't working when you have, and you promise and promise, and then you, that's how you get this racist-ass authoritarian Nazi in. And uh, he, gets, he gets to get a stranglehold on this country because people are frustrated. And so he comes in and he starts doing what authoritarians always do, tickle racist funny bones and divide. But that well, he was only given an opening because of these neoliberal policies that screwed us out of the uh, retirement or the living wage. If this was a functioning democracy, we wouldn't have a fascist dictator lording over us, playing um, with our lives like pawns, telling us, oh, I, I pulled back the attack. Bullshit. You just lied again, and, and the corporate media went along, hook, line, and sinker. Why don't they just have the Trump tweet network constantly? When all, all they're doing is reporting on tweet after tweet after tweet. Why don't they report on what the fuck is wrong with this country? Uh, report on how many republics die and how a republic dies and how do you get it back and what, how dangerous it is to have a, a, a dictator envying con man who can't spell... Um, squatting in the White House, calling the press the enemy of the people. Then the entire system of government should have, if this were a functioning democracy, he, first of all, Trump wouldn't even be uh, the so-called president, but it would have, all of the mechanisms of, of government would have, you know, turned to protect us from that fascist bastard. And it would be, it would be working and it's not working. Tara Jr. Jr., sit down, please. Look at him. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know that we are living in fascism. Don't you know that? Jeez, don't step on anything. The last time he was up here, he maybe he knocked something. And then the camera went. And But, yeah, I mean, come on here. He wants to change the system. You're goddamn right. And so, listen. Okay, this brings me into... A pretty good segue, I suppose, talking about changing the system. This is the, the, the system that Joe Biden is protecting. We, uh, um, that is, let, let's just play this, because Ali Velchi today did this thing on wealth inequality on MSNBC, and I grabbed it. Here it is. ...about wealth distribution in America. Here's a chart I want you to see. This shows total net worth of the top 1% of wealth holders and the bottom 50% adjusted to be in 2018 dollars. Okay, this is the top 1%. This is the bottom 50% since 1989 to 2018. Take a look at this. This is zero at this line. You've seen the people at the bottom actually lose net wealth while the top 1% has gained it. This is not a per person breakdown. These figures are in millions of dollars. So you can see that they begin in 1989 more than $10 trillion apart. But as the years progress, the bottom 50% have nearly no gains and in fact losses in the 2000s. You see this. There are a couple hiccups, but it's pretty good. Here's what the bottom 50% looks like when I exploded out. That's that bottom line that I was just showing you. Take a look at the dips, mostly in property value. This is the, uh, the, the Great Recession. You can see that during the housing crisis, the group as a whole lost about half of its net worth. And if you see that over a 30-year period, that's where we are. Some of it is recovered. Here's what these charts look like in dollar amounts. The top 
1%, gained over $16 trillion in that time, a more than doubling of the group's, uh, the group's net worth. The bottom 50%, on the other hand, lost about a trillion dollars, almost half of that group's net wealth in 1989. That's the system. That's the system gave us that because we we went from the most to the least upwardly mobile. And so on MSNBC, they're always like, this is a great economy. Trump should be doing better. His poll numbers should be doing so much uh, better because of this economy. It's the economy is booming. It's booming along. Bullshit. If we're living in a um, this fantasy, that's really Stockholm syndrome. This is why I say we have PTSD in this country. We're all just fucked up, but that that we have actual working people cheering this economy when they they they're not going to retire. That they what are you talking about? To uh, the concentrated wealth is not a booming economy in a democratic society. And then on the same in the same breath, they go to report on the on the stock market. The stock market is up. The stock market is that. Who gives a shit? It doesn't have anything to do with the working class. Let me just, where is this? Um, in, let's see, income inequality. The reality, this is from inequality.org, the reality behind the surging U.S. economy. A tiny uptick in wages won't do much to help Americans squeeze by debt and facing rising prices for medicine, childcare, housing, and other essentials. And then the other thing was, I, uh, what's her face? Stephanie Rule, who's really annoying, was saying how... Um, the, oh, yes, but, you know, 50 years ago, nobody had credit cards, and now all this, like, she's blaming people because they're talking about the debt, that so many people have debt now, and she cluelessly, this is why they suck, why the corporate media, we are, it's, it's, a, it's part of, it's an example of how sick we are when you just watch one day of MSNBC, the so-called liberal media. Which, I mean, come on, your head wants to blow up when you see it. It's like, poof, poof, the liberal media, my ass. They, they're like, oh, the, um, so many people have credit cards now. The fact is, because of, this is, was all part of the trickle-down voodoo. And cluelessly, she's talking about, oh, I don't know why, you know, blaming people for getting credit cards. That's basically what she's saying, that, you know, no one used to have credit cards the way they did. That's right. Credit used to be harder to obtain. What happened because of the kiss-up, kick-down, trickle-down voodoo was that the banksters with the, with the Reagan administration uh, released access to credit. They opened it up. They made credit easy to obtain. So instead of you, you, you'd be able to, you know, now you, people used to buy their homes. They used to pay off their mortgages. Now you're, you're basically an indentured servant to the bank, paying the bank to, for your amenities, for, to live. And, and you never get out from under. So we, that's all we are now. We have, and now on top of that, you have the credit cards. And then, of course, what did Joe Biden do? He, he made it um, illegal for people to write off their credit card interests on their taxes, things like that, or to another uh, declare bankruptcy. 
they've made it harder to declare bankruptcy and not and you are now you're not able to de- declare ba- bankruptcy before because of student loans things like that everywhere you turn the american worker the the average person is squeezed and that's by design that is on purpose and to say he wants to change the system yes exactly so the so okay recent economic reports have president donald trump so-called crowing i say so-called president the big headline numbers do sound encouraging unemployment rate down to 3.6 percent the lowest since 1969 average earnings are finally outpacing inflation the stock market has been hitting record highs and the first quarter of 2019 has the fastest annualized growth rate since 2015 and yet most of the gains from our growing economy are still going to those who need it who who least need a boost stock market rallies for example further concentrate wealth among the very richest americans the top one percent of americans own more than half of stocks and mutual funds the bottom 90 percent own just seven percent so why does msnbc constantly the fucking stock market is up the stock market down who cares you should be saying holy shit this country is an oligarchy and nobody's doing anything about it and we're allowing this twitler bastard to run rampant over our lives for ordinary Americans, the slight uptick in wages is not enough to make up for their many years of stagnation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hourly, average hourly pay rose just six cents in April 2019 and four cents the month before that. Workers need a much bigger raise if they're going to receive their fair share of economic gains, especially with prices for many essentials rising faster than wages. For example, Compared to the 3.2 increase in average earnings over the past year, spending on prescription drugs is up 7.1%, while the average house price rose 5.7%. Average childcare costs jumped 75 between 2016 and 2017. All right, we can go on and on. You know what I'm saying. So, for despite the overall tightening of the labor market, a large share of U.S. US jobs are still precarious with little security in terms of retirement benefits, affordable health insurance, or predictable scheduling. While presiding over an economic recovery that started under his predecessor, Trump has done nothing on his own to lift up working people. The president has signed several executive orders to curtail labor union rights, and his labor department recently announced plans to scale back on an Obama policy to expand overtime rights to millions of workers. So tell me again, dupes, who's working for who's on your side? So he, he has also lent his support to right-to-work laws, quote-unquote, that undercut unions by prohibiting them from requiring workers who, who benefit from collective bargaining agreements to pay dues. Like, you know, that's real. That really sounds legal and fair, right? Like, you're not allowed to... These are the same Republicans that would, that would rape your grandmothers out of her last dime of Social Security to, uh, and, and cry freedom. Unions not to be able to collectively bargain and get dues from people uh, that they're working for. I mean, it really is outrageous that they're allowed to get away with that kind of abuse against our democratic rights. It, it is our right to democratically assemble. That's what a union is. But these effing Republicans, th- look at who they're on, whose side they're on. 
They're not on the side of the working class because if they were, this would be a functioning democracy. And as we know, the the wants and needs, as the studies show, wants and needs of working people have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy. So that means F you, we don't give a shit. And in the meanwhile, we'll throw you a bone, we'll, we'll kick down on some immigrants, we'll have a couple of raids on, on, fearless, on fearful, powerless people so you can march through the streets giving a white power symbol. You morons. They have destroyed this country. And the effing Democrats better get their shit together because... They, I mean, I know they're not going to because we're, we're up against the wall here. The, if we don't get the, uh, someone to, to run as the Democratic standard bearer who inspires the base, it's not about inspiring the middle. There is no effing middle. This is what's going to happen. Trump will win again, and that's what I fear because the Democrats are going to push the same old shit it's uh, oh mediocrity. Um, let's do. I'm pragmatic. Who the f gets behind pragmatic? We're out here drowning. We need universal health care, universal higher education, living wages. It is time for a new New Deal. This Earth is on fire. All right, Tara Jr., get down, get down, get down. Come on, come on, come on. And there's uh, no time to waste being polite, politely reaching across the aisle to racists. Enough is enough. They, uh, and, and I wonder when, when all of this shit finally does end, and it will end, Trump's whatever, he's going to, however he's going to leave the White House, which he just tweeted, uh, he just retweeted somebody's video of him um, running uh, forever in office, forever and ever, because welcome to my effing nightmares. Thanks for the nightmares, bitch. I mean, as if I don't have enough already, but um, that's enough. Could you imagine if Obama had tweeted something that showed him the president for eternity? What do you think the Republicans would do? This is what we're dealing with. And, and Nancy Pelosi is not doing anything about it? Um, this is why we have to nurture and protect democracy like a living thing, like a fragile thing. And um, otherwise, it's, it's going to be gone. And it is going away. And what are the Democrats doing? You think that this is, like, uh, just going to snap back into place once this bastard has, has pulled us out of shape the way he has? The, the next person, like, the other thing um, is, I'm going to go a little bit over because of um, the, the few fuck-ups so, on the on the technical side so I could cut it together I'll cut out some of the screw ups on the podcast and hopefully it won't sound as shitty <laughs> as the show sounds I'm sorry as the video show but they um, what was I going to say yeah the this this monster this effing monster Trump oh, I don't know if you saw this at his uh, what do you call it his Nuremberg rally he, he's he's going to have another big rally. And by the way, on July 4th in Washington, D.C., come on down. We're going to have a big day. Bring your flags. Bring those flags. Bring those American flags. July 4th. We're going to have... You mother effer. 
wait, hold on. Hundreds of thousands of people, we're going to celebrate America. Sounds good, right? July 4th. More like we're going to celebrate Twitler. That's what he's doing. That he is now turning July 4th into an homage to him. Where he's going to not not only he's he still hasn't paid the bill for his um for his inauguration, his shitty inauguration. And now he wants to have a parade for himself. Uh, it's going to be, and he wants to double the amount of fireworks. And um, uh, he's going to give a speech on uh, at the at the Lincoln Memorial. That isn't that enough, Nancy Pelosi. What what do you think the Republicans would do if Obama said he was going to do that? That he's going, he's co-opting July Fourth as himself for himself as a campaign rally for himself. And not only that, the, the prices at his hotel in Washington, D.C. Are, are being jacked up because that's all he's about is making money. And he, he's trying to turn it into a celebration of him. Well, who could celebrate him? He's got to go. Let's see. Washington Post. Trump planning 4th of July event and despite owing millions from inauguration. It's uh, Trump administration is planning a costly Independence Day speech at the Lincoln Memorial despite its failure to pay off $7 million in debt from the 2017 inauguration. I mean, and that's not, that's only one part because he's all over the country. His campaign has stiffed, of course, stiffed his uh, people who have provided services to his shitty fascist campaign. It's unbelievable. And they're allowing this to happen? Oh, my God. Uh, the city's budgetary concerns have carried over into 2019. The Washington Post reports that the first quarter, whatever, they're talking about the, the, um, the cost of the, of the parade. Uh, a political rally to honor himself. Um, this is from the Washington Post, Eugene Robinson. The 4th of July celebration in Washington has long been a grand pageant of democracy, a family-friendly event that transcends ideology and partisanship. President Trump intends to turn it into a cult of personality political rally in honor of himself. No, I'm not surprised, but what Trump is doing makes me angry, and it makes me sad to see our ve- one of our very best traditions being trampled and dishonored. That's what he's doing. He's turning this into yet another place and day where we, we have to be at each other's throat. This is not a, a Republican rally. Who the fuck is he? He hates this country. If Trump loved this country, he would have paid his taxes. He would have put the uniform on when he was called instead of uh, making up a bone spur story. He put a lot of effort into going around looking for a doctor to write some shitty note, some scam note for him, right? Put a little energy into that. Not any energy for doing something for the country when he was called. He likes to walk around in parade. Uh, he, he likes to wear, like, he likes those nice salutes, right? If that isn't staggeringly um, concerning, what is? What will Nancy Pelosi do about that? Oh, he, he's, he needs to be in jail. Well, we, we, he, we, he needs to be in jail, so let's give him a win on infrastructure. 
Uh, come on. This is what we're up against. Oh, my God. And I, I think about, uh, there's so many other things I wanted to say, because I wanted to talk about the, the babies in cages down at the border and that the Trump administration is, all, is fighting, to, um, fighting court orders that tell them to treat people like human beings. They don't want to give people toothbrushes and blankets, and, and they, don't wanna, they don't know how to be decent. They just don't. They who ever taught them? It's all the world is their oyster. Why should they give a shit if a baby has a toothbrush? We're just here to serve them. Our reward will come in heaven. They those people are there. Those human beings that came here to get the freedom that Republicans uh, are so stupid they don't, they wouldn't know freedom if it bit them on the balls. But they you know they think it they're free if a bankster can ride them to the bank unfettered by a pesky regulation these morons they're the ones that are whining about their pre-existing conditions but all the while remember when we were trying to get some kind of regulation on this rapacious health insurance racket that they were all screaming Screaming in our faces at these town halls, no, no, hands off, your government hands off my Medicare. Now they're all like, oh, my pre-existing condition protection, and Republicans are up there. No Republican wants to take your pre-existing condition protection while they're in court fighting to take all of your protections away, including pre-existing conditions, you stupid morons. Can you just... Please go secede already and build a wall around yourselves. You'll be safe. We'll tell you when it's safe to come out. There'll be no babies uh, with uh, diapers that want freedom and you are so fearful that you have to throw a tear gas canister at them. Just stay in your wall. Oh, my God. And you don't have to have any health care. You don't need any. You don't have any. Uh, protections, any, there'll be nothing there. There'll be no education. You'll be safe. Motherless morons. And, but the, that's the thing. They take us all with them. Unfortunately, all of them, they drag us down. How can you have a good, decent country with them in charge, with moron and, and, at the helm? And then the opposition party saying, Oh, wait, not by changing the system. What, are you fucking crazy? Have you seen this system? Have you, I mean, maybe he's been in the system too long. It's like looking at a picture. You can't look at a picture if it's two inches from your nose. You don't see the whole picture, but you're fine because you have your health care and your, 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 your uh, whatever, health care for life. You have all your cushy amen amenities. I don't know, what am I saying? Amenities. That's the second time I said amenities. In an hour. How do you ever... Do you need to say amenities in an hour? I never thought I would say that word twice in an hour. But anyway, so yeah, because like even Liz Cheney, when AOC, AOC was having uh, an argument with Liz Cheney, which is good. I mean, that's what you do. What, do you, what else can you do with a Liz Cheney but have an argument with her? But, um, because Liz Cheney was another one of the, these Republicans that were so, oh, so offended about the use of the word concentration camp. No, Liz Cheney would love to put, put everybody in the concentration camps. Please. She loves concentration camps. And she loves torture. This is the, the bitch loves torture. We know that for a fact. 
So, I don't know, but cue the faux outrage. That's what it's about. Cue the outrage. So, they had a Twitter fight. AOC on Tuesday evening continued to tear into Representative Liz Cheney, one of the many Republican House colleagues who called the New York Democrat out for equating immigrant detention centers at the U.S.-Mexico border with concentration camps. Earlier on Tuesday, Cheney of Wyoming begged AOC to spend a few minutes learning the history of World War II genocide. Like, these people learn. Like, that's the thing that they always attack her with. Like, oh, you better learn. You don't know anything. Meanwhile, they know nothing. They know nothing about history, much less reality. The history of World War II genocide. Tweeting, six million Jews were exterminated in the Holocaust. You demean their memory and disgrace yourself with comments like this. AOC shot back at Cheney minutes after her posting. Hey, Rep Cheney, since you're so eager to, quote, educate me, I'm curious, what do you call building mass camps of people being detained without a trial? How would you dress up DHS's mass separation of thousands of children at the border from their parents? Cheney suggested that the term Congress, that the first term Congresswoman start with a testimony of Holocaust survivors compiled by an organization, uh, Vad Yashem, and the book Night by Ali Wiesel. Okay, which of course that's like the go-to Night. She never read Night. You know that. Um, hours later, Ocasio Cortez uh, came at Cheney again, citing the lawmaker's original tweet. Also, this is and this is good. Um, also, Liz Cheney, the fact that you employed the horrifying word exterminated here, co-opting the language of the oppressor, tells us that it is you that needs to brush up on your reading. Hope you enjoy defending concentration camps. I won't back down fighting against them. There you go. Boom. That's how you handle a fascist bastard. That's the truth. Exterminated? These are human beings. They're not cockroaches. She uses the language of the oppressor. And AOC was on the money to call that out. And they're, they're so offended about every little gram of truth that they get confronted with. Well, if you don't like being confronted with the truth, then fix your effing face. If you don't like the image in the mirror, you don't break the mirror. You fix your face. But... Republicans want all of us to be outraged about bullshit. Let's be outraged that this, this is a government that the Trumps and their, and their Republican enablers are literally in court right now fighting a court order to give migrants toothbrushes and soap. That's who they are. They are the worst human beings among us. And they, you think that history is going to be kind to them? If they don't want to be called fascists, they don't like concentration camps, then don't act like it. If the shoe fits, then wear it, honey. If you don't like it, then you better change. Change your goddamn shoe. I don't know. Some kind of metaphor was going on there, but it went off the rails. But So, I mean, come on. That's who they are. These are people, they had it in one breath, they're justifying, they're, they're upset about being called what they are, and then they're, they're talking about how they, they literally in court, of course they lie about everything, lying about uh, protecting people with pre-existing conditions, lying about, as the, in the Green News report we heard, 
lying about uh, the clean air, the clean water, the pollution. I mean, all of the things that they're doing, these regulations that they're undoing, their own studies, for instance, they're, they're getting rid of Obama-era regulations on cars and uh, emissions. I mean, the rest of the planet is evolving, taking care of their people and trying to prevent or, li- or limit the amount of pollution that their citizens have to breathe, not here in the United States of serfs and lords, breathe that pollution, sucker, breathe it. Because if you die, we won't have to pay Social Security because we need that Social Security to funnel it into Donald Trump Jr.'s pockets because he ain't paying any taxes and he needs to uh, tweet on the Peloton some, some other uh, bullshit that he's doing, some racist trope, some anti-Semitic, some way to get people pitted against each other, to kick down on the vulnerable. That's what he needs. So get to work, sucker. <sighs> Donald Trump Jr. ain't paying taxes. You got to pay those taxes. Anyway, this is where we are. And um, yeah, it's time to change the system. It is the entire system. We got our work cut out for us. The entire system is broken, all of it. And it is broken because... You can know it by its fruits. In a system where the, the uh, majority of wealth goes to the top is not a functioning democracy. That's the end of it. That's the death of democracy. It's over. So are we going to get it back? Are we going to live in denial about it? Are we going to keep living in denial about it and let these corporate media mouthpieces do nothing, add nothing to the conversation? Or are we going to do something? We need to call our senators and our congresspeople. Uh, you got to call Nancy Pelosi. you got to get this going. Enough is it really enough. Is it enough? I don't know. You know, you look at these other countries, you watch, you see the decline of the Roman Empire, you watch the uh, people who live in totalitarian states, and they're just like you and us. We're trying to get through this life. And it's, uh, you know, we have a chance. We can, if we work, get it back. But we need allies on our side that aren't living in denial. For one thing, AOC knows what time it is. That's why she's so dangerous to them. They they constantly have to vilify her as being not informed. She's more informed than all of them, including Joe Biden. That's the future. I mean, people, the millennials like, like AOC, people who know what time it is, they give me hope because that's the truth, man. I mean, enough of this. Like, we just passed the Dreamer Act, and we urge Mitch McConnell to bring it to a vote. Like, huh? Come on. How many times are you going to bang your head against the wall to knock on, the, on Mitch McConnell's door? You, that's what they're doing. They're just, like, knocking on the door with their own skulls. That's, that's the, the posture of a, of a loser, the defeatist. Francis, get out of there. Get out of there. He's behind the computer. Next time, something's going to get pulled out, and that'll be the end. Oh, boy. Guys, all right. Now I'm, I got to wrap it up now. Listen. Listen to me, everybody, which is what you're doing. So my name is Tara Devlin. There's my name. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Come see me at the Minds event, man. Do that. Do that thing. That'll be great. We can hang out. And you get a discount if you use the code Tarabuster. 
please become a patron of this goddamn thing that I'm trying to do here. And it's also RDT Daily. I had, there's other things I want to talk about with that, but we'll talk about that later. We don't have any time. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Like I said, I'm doing my, my cousin's daughter's graduation party. You got to do those family things because what else is there in this world? You got to get to, you know, celebrate with your friends and family, their victories. What else do we have? We don't have universal health care, that's for sure. So. And all right, so next Saturday I will be back here at the regular time, regular uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, and back on, you know, we're on Progressive Voices, GDPR Revolution. Please give the show a good review on iTunes if you can. That helps. Share the show with your friends. If you can't, if you can't donate or become a patron, there's other ways you can help us grow by sharing the show, tweeting about the show, doing stuff, helping the sh- promote. Because you're looking at, you're looking at it, honey. I'm it. I'm the the marketing department. I'm the technical department. I'm the whatever the hell else. And I can't do it alone. Because as I always say, we stick together, we win. We will win. That is the whole point of E Pluribus Unum. Out of many, one is another way of saying we stick together, we win, and we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you next week.